we are continuing with the season preview and predictions for all the Big Ten teams. I got you covered. No matter if you're a Wisconsin fan, like in the video today or anybody else, make sure you subscribe to the network. If you prefer to listen to this in podcast form, you can go on to Spotify. You can go on Apple Music. The links are in the description below. So make sure you go download or subscribe to YouTube, whichever you prefer, whichever way you prefer to view this content. So Wisconsin is a team that when we look back in 2022, they certainly – uh, they, they, they certainly didn't have an awful season by a lot of team standards, but it certainly didn't live up to their expectations going into 2022. Uh, their defense shined at times. Their offense struggled mightily at times. Not as bad as Iowa, who I covered in the last video. Uh, they finished 7-6. and six. They fired their head coach, Paul Christ, kind of midway through the season, a little in the earlier half. But the result of that, right, through all the turmoil – what seemed like it was brief turmoil, firing, firing Paul Chris, a new coaching search, you know, questions about the offense. Where does Wisconsin go in the future? The result of all that was arguably the biggest hire in the entire country, the biggest hire and biggest impact in the entire country. And that's Luke Fickle. He was named head coach of the Badgers shortly before their bowl game was around the, around the team the season leading up to the, in the weeks leading up to the bowl season. And so the outlook for Wisconsin in 2023 is full of potential. And beyond that, college football supremacy. And let me tell you why. So Wisconsin fans, you got some reasons to be excited in 2023. You've got, first and foremost, Luke Fickle. The program and the culture that he built at Cincinnati was nothing short of elite. He took that program from not necessarily in the dumps of college football, but struggling a bit to earning a college football playoff spot and securing multiple high caliber draft picks, higher recruits than Cincinnati was used to. And he's a program changer that can vault Wisconsin back to the top dog of the Big Ten West. Wisconsin in the long run can become what Ohio State, for different reasons, is in the Big Ten East. I truly believe that. And it's got a lot to do with Luke Fickle. I played football for Miami University in the MAC. And we played Cincinnati right before they had Luke Fickle in 2016. And then 2017 was his first year there, I believe. And the difference in tone and attitude and, and just physicality of Cincinnati from that moment on was, was palpable. You could see it from every snap. You could see it in film. And they were a really, really good team each year that we played them. And so – this, there's his initial impact that he brings from a culture standpoint, but we're already seeing that from a tangible effect. The first reason to be excited outside of Luke Fickle for this season and part of the, the uh, results from him being hired, the impact, is the quarterback they brought in, and that's Tanner Mordecai from SMU. Tanner Mordecai was one of the biggest additions in all of college ball. It's a massive addition for Wisconsin. Tanner Mordecai is that dude. Okay, I don't care if he threw four interceptions or whatever the number was in the spring game. He is an absolute baller. He is the reason why Wisconsin's offense is going to be completely new look and revamped and different in 2023 and why there's so much potential for it. When he was at SMU, if you haven't seen my video on him before, I did a video kind of breaking down the impact of him, but his stats at SMU, 2021, 68% completion rate, almost 3,700 yards passing, 39 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. 2022, 65% completion rate, 3,500 passing yards, 33 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. Kid is a gunslinger, right? He has a cannon of an arm. He's got uh, a zipped when he throws the ball. He's got to work on the timing, not necessarily the accuracy of the throws, but understanding how strong his arm is 
and getting it into the receiver at that time. So it's kind of an accuracy thing, but it's not that necessarily that he's inaccurate. It's that sometimes he doesn't know how strong his arm is and how powerful it can be. Uh, and, and he's going to have weapons around him, right? So Tanner Mordecai, one, I, I do think he's obviously the starting quarterback. Nick Evers behind him has some talent. There's some other guys here, but Tanner Mordecai in his last season of eligibility will be the starter for Wisconsin and is going to, in my opinion, shine partially because of his own talent and partially because of the weapons and system that he has around him. They essentially returned five starters in the offense line. Yes. Joe Tipman left the NFL, loved him as a prospect. Think he's going to do well and have a long NFL career, but Cincinnati transfer Jake Renfro was the starter starter at center for Cincinnati in 2021, that entire college ball playoff run. And uh, unfortunately missed the season of 2022 due to injuries, but did transfer Wisconsin. Listen, he was, I understand Wisconsin fans are like, it's big 10 football. It's different. He's a legit center, legit power five capable center who was a, who was a starter for a high caliber program in 2021. I expect him to, to jump in and start at center and not have many issues competing in the, in the offensive line remaining in the big 10. And I expect this offensive line to kind of get back to what we're used to for Wisconsin offensive lines dominant, right? Whether it was an experience or injuries or, or you know, uh, just a bad overall offensive system where you don't get much out of your passing game, so your running game has to lean on there and injuries to Braylon Allen. I, I expect Wisconsin's off the line with the experience coming in and with the benefit of the system around them that's going to change and the playmakers, I expect their offensive line, specifically in the run game, to look more what we're used to from the batters off the line. That's dominant. When we look at wide receiver, ask yourself this. When has Wisconsin ever had, you know, a, a quote unquote star studded or deep wide receiver room? It's hard to pinpoint that 2023 is when you're going to see quite the shift. They have not been this deep at wide receiver in a long time. I don't remember the last time they were this deep. Their projected starters, Chimary Dyke had 700 yards receiving last season, six touchdowns. CJ Williams, a USC transfer, kind of stole the show in the spring. And then Will Pauling from uh, from Cincinnati, who emerged this season, really is Tanner Mordecai's number one target and the number one slot receiver. So those are the three starters. But their backups, quote unquote, are all guys that I projected to be starting earlier in the offseason and all are starting caliber wide receivers. Keontes Lewis, Skylar Bell, Bryson Green, they have some legit guys in there that not only can be a you know true number one like Tamari Dyke or Will Pauling or C.J. Williams – all those guys could emerge to be a true number one receiving threat, but you have guys behind them in Lewis Bell and Green that are just really good options, really talented options, different skill sets to them. So the wide receiver depth for Wisconsin is huge because it's one we haven't seen, and it's huge for their quarterback who we know can throw and likes to throw in terms of the passing offense and how that element kind of evolves with their with their offense in general. And they have so much they, – they just have so much potential. They have the offensive line, like I mentioned. They have the receiver depth. They have the quarterback. And then you have the backfield. You have two studs, one obviously bigger name, Braylon Allen, and then Ches Malusi at running back too. So you have one of the top running back tandems in the country. I don't think it's a star-studded necessarily as, you know, Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards or Nick Singleton and Catron Allen – or maybe even Trayvon Henderson and Mayan Williams. But Braylon Allen is just as good as any of those top guys I listed. Ches Malusi is really good too. But that running back duo is easily a top 15, top 10 in the country, in my opinion. So it's not the elite of the elite, but it's really freaking good. Uh, and so you have all that. You have the running backs. You have the running game with the offensive line that I think is going to be more what we see. You have the quarterback ability, which you haven't seen in a little while. You have weapons on the outside at wide receiver. 
and you have a star-studded running back room. All the pieces are there for off, for Wisconsin's offense to be legit and not just legit of like, okay, they're a, you know, ranked 45th, 50th in, in the country. No, to be a real strength of the team, to be a top 30 unit, there's no reason they can't do that. Wisconsin fans, you should be very excited about their offense. And on the defensive side, when we flip the script a little bit, the Badgers lost some key pieces on defense. No one's not going to admit that, but they have plenty of talent. At defensive line, they've got plenty of experience. They've, they're led D tackle specifically by six-year senior Isaiah Mullins and fifth-year senior Rodas Johnson, the defense tackle, some other guys behind them, pushing them as well. So they got good, tip, good depth on the interior defensive line. Uh, defensive end C.J. Gates will be that guy. He had 62 tackles, two sacks last year, kind of a stand-up hybrid defensive end. And then T.J. Bowler should be opposite of him. So their defense line is deep, and it's got some talent as well. Ne- not necessarily any big namers out there, uh, but they're going to be solid, and they have different abilities in terms of run stuffing, pass rushing, you know, speed edge rush. They've got it all spread throughout that defense line. And linebacker is really where you see some of their uh, talent start to rise up. Uh, Mayma and John Meta, 95 tackles, 12 and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks last year in the inside. And then Jordan Turner, who was their guaranteed rate bowl games defensive MVP last season. Love their linebacker core. It's got really solid potential, especially with the defensive line being able to plug those run lanes, being able to stuff the gaps and open up uh, opportunities for the linebackers to make plays. And then in the secondary, they've got experience at every spot. Uh, and depth to go along with it, just like uh, defensive line and other positions of the team. Corners, you're looking at Alexander Smith, Ricardo Hallman, and Jason Mitrary, uh, who's Boston College transfer, who quickly emerged as their slot corner. And then at safety, Travion Blayock, and then Hunter Wohler. So you have a experienced, deep secondary, whether it was from some transfers a little bit or just overall playing experience. I expect the Wisconsin defense to be a top 25 unit again in 23. They have depth the defense line, they have depth the secondary, and they have difference makers at the linebacker position. So that defense is going to complement the offense very well. Both units I could very much see being a top 25 unit. And if that is the case, Wisconsin is very dangerous, very dangerous. I have made, I've had a lot of thoughts about Wisconsin in relation to their schedule, in relation to their record, in relation to their potential. So I'm going to give you my predictions for their 2023 schedule and season. I'll go game by game and kind of their overall outlook. You might think it's a little high in Wisconsin. I get it. Badgers fans, I think you get where I'm coming from in a non-biased way. If you disagree, let me know what you think in the comments. Let me know if you think I'm wrong on some of these games, but I think Wisconsin's schedule is very favorable for them. And I think this is going to end up happening. So when you look at 2023 for Wisconsin, I, they start off with Buffalo at home. I think they roll Buffalo. They play at Washington State. I think they beat Washington State, Georgia Southern week three. You've got three games there that are all not only winnable games, but certainly Buffalo and Georgia Southern should be a game where you're up big, right? We're getting some confidence. You're getting to test out some things specifically on offense in preparation for the Big Ten season. Then they travel at Purdue, their first Big Ten contest. Not that I don't like Purdue. I think Purdue has a brutal schedule this year. I like Hudson Card a lot, but they're going to be a little bit of a different look team without Aiden O'Connell, that Charlie Jones, Jalen Graham. They play Rutgers in week five. Uh, listen, I, nothing against Rutgers. They're not beating Wisconsin at home. Iowa in, in, in their sixth game of the year is where things get a little dicey. And I say that because Iowa is a team that I covered in the last video who has a lot of changing parts and pieces specifically on offense with Cade McNamara, with Eric All, with 
Luke Lachey, you know, as that kind of trio on offense with Nico Regini, with, with Caleb Brown from Ohio State, with the defense returning, we know it's going to be. That is a game that I think will decide the Big Ten West because I have Iowa going 10-2, and two, losing only to Penn State and, and Wisconsin here. And so I think in the ultimately with, with those two records, I think this game will decide the Big Ten West. Not saying that Iowa couldn't slip up if Wisconsin loses this game or vice versa, but I think ultimately – this is what will decide the Big Ten West, and I think Wisconsin wins it. I think there's a very good chance that this could be a college game day atmosphere, a big noon kickoff. I, I don't know what other games are going on in that general timeline, but going into that game, I have Iowa at 4-1, and one, and at this I'd have Wisconsin at 5-0. and oh. Both teams would certainly be ranked, and depending on how they're beating teams, they would be ranked potentially in the, both in the top 15, top 20. Uh, then they're going at Illinois. I, I, I like Illinois this year. I think they'll make a bowl game, but I don't think they're going to be the same type of team we saw last year. So I have them at 7-0 and going to play Ohio State. Playing Ohio State at home, I wouldn't be surprised to make that a night game. That is going to be a very tough game for Ohio State. I, I think Ohio State this year is going to be on a mission. When you look at the top college ball playoff contenders, of the most recent years, when it will, you look at Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, those three specifically, all are losing their starting quarterbacks, all highly rated quarterbacks and highly successful quarterbacks. And Ohio State is the team specifically on offense where there's not a whole lot of questions of what's around that quarterback. Offensive line, you got some questions. I get it. Wisconsin is going to push them up front. But Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, whoever it is, is going to have Martin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Buka. Cade Stover to throw to, and their defense is about the exact same as last year with another year under Jim Dole system. So I think Wisconsin loses that game. Does not affect their Big Ten West title hopes, uh, but I think they lose that game. They're going to roll Indiana. They're going to roll Northwestern. Nebraska is a game that you got to watch out for, Wisconsin fans, because Nebraska, I covered them in the first video of this series where they have a ton of talent, whether it's from the transfer portal or returning talent specifically Jeff Sims at quarterback. And if Nebraska is where I think they're going to be, I think Nebraska is going to finish eight and four this season. If Nebraska is at that point in this season where I guess at this point I would have them at eight and two going into this game, uh, they have a lot to play for, a lot to play for. And if they don't lose one of those earlier games that I have them losing and they're nine and one, right, this is a dangerous game. Yes, it's at Wisconsin, which certainly helps. But the talent they have there, if they piece it together and start to gel and mesh quicker than anticipated in year one under Matt Rule, it is a dangerous game for anybody that plays them, including Wisconsin. But I still think Wisconsin gets the win. They finish season at Minnesota, which based off of this could determine if they go to a you know the Big Ten championship in Indianapolis or not, depending on if Iowa loses more games or what happens with Nebraska. So overall, I have Wisconsin at 11 and 1. I think Wisconsin is a team. That I think Wisconsin is a team that has potential to the point that they are a dark horse playoff contender. And maybe that's crazy to say in year one of Luke Fickle and year one of a new offensive system with replacing defensive talent as well. But they have pieces everywhere. You don't look at a spot on their team and go, eh, that's a pretty weak spot in comparison, in comparison to the rest of the Big Ten. They're going to be in the top third of quarterbacks in the Big Ten. They're going to be in the top quarter of running backs in the Big Ten, the top quarter of offensive line, top, you know, third or at least half in receivers. And they're going to be one of the top three or four defenses overall in the Big Ten. 
And so I really like Wisconsin. I think they're going to finish the year. I mean, you're going to go, they're going to go into the Ohio State game if everything goes according to plan, which we all know it's college football. It doesn't always do that, but they're going to go into that game. There's no reason they wouldn't be a top 10 team ranked in the top 10 uh, or top 12, at least. We all know the biases ESPN and, and, and the playoff rankings have towards SEC teams. Sometimes I get it, but there's no reason at that point, if they were undefeated going to that game, that it shouldn't be on college game day, assuming Ohio State doesn't drop a few, that you know shouldn't be on college game day or big noon kickoff. And in the end, I think Wisconsin's going to finish, you know, potentially going to a Rose Bowl. Right, if they're the 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 runner up in the Big Ten championship, if they don't win the Big Ten championship, whether it's to Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan, one of which is one of the three teams I ultimately think will win it, there's no reason they can't go to Rose Bowl if one or two of those Big Ten teams go to the playoffs. There's no reason they can't go to a New Year's Six bowl game and finish the season a top ten team. And I think all of that is within reach for Wisconsin and more to come in the future when it comes to success for them and 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 revamping that program and turning it into an absolute monster to face in the Big Ten for all those reasons. So I'm, I'll be certain to cover more for Wisconsin going forward for this season and looking ahead towards their, you know, uh, just future in general when it comes to recruiting and NIL and all those things under the Luke Fickle era. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube to the Takeover Sports Network. You can follow me on Twitter at DonnieMac98. And again, if you prefer to listen to this rather than watch it on YouTube, you can click the links in the description to go download on Spotify and download Apple Podcasts for free. I think there's obviously fees for Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but no fee to download or listen to our content here at the Takeover Sports Network. For the show and for the network, I am Donovan White, and I will see you all next time.